Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Just the whole kind of narrative around the Irish, like how Ireland evolved into the nation that it is from like kind of ancient history all the way up to, you know, the 20th century. Mm. Music plays such a huge part in that, you know, because all these songs that like I was surrounded by all the time growing up and you know, the type of ballads and stuff that people sing in the pub and everything. And you didn't, I didn't really know that it was getting in on me and like that I would be influenced by it. And mm. then suddenly I just found that I wanted to tap into all that. Hello and welcome to A Life in Dublin. I'm your host, Mark, and with your permission, we'd love this podcast to be your digital companion for the next little bit at least. They say what's for you won't pass you by. A concept which inspired a lyric and an amazing song aptly named Pass Me By by Breed Lions from County Kilkenny in the southeast of Ireland. The older I get, the more seriously I take these little proverbial cliches and myself and Breed chat a little bit about the mystic nature of the lives we're living. We also delve into the inspiration behind her music and the Celtic influences that have found their way into her more recent work. Breed has three upcoming gigs. She's in Whelan's on Thursday 25th of May, Tullamore on the 26th and a homecoming gig in Kilkenny on May 27th. I'll add links in the description of this episode to Breed's socials and also to her upcoming shows. Before we jump into it, a huge thanks for listening. We're looking to shine a light on the incredible artists in Ireland that don't get half as much attention as they deserve. If you're feeling generous, you could share this podcast with a friend or give it a like or a rating or whatever. This helps us more than you know and allows us to spread the stories of amazing artists like Breed that we have here on our doorsteps. Really appreciate your support. But now here's my conversation with Breed Lines. I really enjoyed them. I uh, thank you, but it's like it's totally different, um, and I'm much more comfortable doing something like this mm. than I am doing that. Okay. Or let's just say there's so much I have to get better at the whole thing because uh, when when it begins, I'm very concerned of like if people are going to show up, and then mm. I'm concerned of like I don't know, just people having a nice time and stuff like that, yeah. and then that's very much in my head, and then I'm like, okay, but focus on the conversation. And then sometimes okay. I might not be focused enough on conversation and stuff like that. And yeah, it's okay, so there's more variables than you're trying to. Exactly. Trying but to I just have to get everyone. more relaxed and um, better at it. But I am getting more relaxed. And there's one that we have on Monday and I'm really looking forward to that one, actually. Okay. Um, not for any particular reason of the guests or anything, but I'm just starting to feel a bit more like. Excited about it. Kind yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And they're, I don't know, they're, I just, it's one of those things that I did not expect, I did not see coming at all with this um, whole project. Because initially it started off as, like, after we had the first 20 people on the podcast, we were like, oh, let's have a night together, mm-hmm. um, just so we can all meet each other. Because, like, I really think that you guys might like each other and all the rest of yeah. it. Um, and then I was like, well, some of them are comedians and musicians and stuff like that. Maybe I'll ask them to like play a song or whatever. And mm-hmm. they were like very happy to do that. But so the initial one was just the people who had been on the podcast. Okay. And then people were like, well, you should do this more often. And I was like, okay. So then it just kind of started like that. Um, 
But yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a good idea. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, this is kind of about establishing a community as well. So mm. like that's kind of like keeping everybody um, engaged in a way because like sometimes live events are a lot easier to kind of, you know, keep people engaged rather than like online content all the time, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's and the thing about way. a podcast is it's like the least interactive thing technically. Yeah. Um, I mean, like if I put this out, I mean, you'll get one or two people commenting on maybe an episode on Spotify or something like that, mm. but it's not like any other platform, like even YouTube or um, uh, TikTok and stuff like that, where people comment a lot. So there's, yeah. but there's very little interaction. You mm. don't even, like I have numbers of how many people listen and stuff, but I said before in another podcast, like those numbers don't really, I don't actually feel like they're listening. Okay. I just feel like those numbers are kind of made up and if that right. makes sense and then someone in person says oh I listen to your it always shocks me still really yeah because I'm like oh yeah I just I don't know it's it's a it's a weird thing and I've actually decided this week that I'm just not going to look at those numbers anymore yeah I've I've tried to stop as well like yeah. just with music with the music I've been putting out it's like like what's the point you know it serves no purpose only to make you worry <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and then you might get like I mean obviously it makes sense to to look at make it's different for you your what you're doing is is very creative um whereas this is like oh i don't know it, the numbers aren't i don't know if they are that important really i mean obviously it's important to know if people are listening or not but um like i don't there's not any massive difference between one episode or another so mm. i don't know yeah I would call this creative. That's yeah, it's not. It's not okay. Um, we've had this conversation <laughs> before. It's not like what you do. Okay. Um, like it. It doesn't. I'm not going like. Let's just say as deep into what I would call like a creative world as yeah, what okay. you you do. All right. Um. I think. Um. <laughs> when did you start actually performing what you create? Um. My own original work. Yeah. Uh. Oh God! Like only at the end of twenty eighteen. Okay. Um, I, I had like performed a good bit before, like but always covers because I don't know when you when you start performing originals, like you kind of think that everyone's gonna judge your thoughts and it's like reading your diary aloud, mm, you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, I didn't really want to do that for ages, and then I had already been in college like nearly like the full um first year, and then kind of got the opportunity to do some original music um, with a friend and I probably wouldn't have done it only I was doing it with her you know <laughs> yeah so uh yeah that kind of got me going and then yeah I couldn't imagine not doing it mad <laughs> yeah um it is something very personal really uh, I guess um mm. I mean maybe not for every single musician out there it depends on the content of your mm. of your music but um, I do feel that uh, listening to your music, it is very um, personal. It's coming from a personal place, um, which I think is possibly the only way to create music like that. Like you can't create music like that without it being personal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the only way I know how to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, it always baffles me, like, you know, when people can write songs, uh, especially when you can write fast. And it doesn't mean that it's not you know deep because it was written quickly but I mean I just I just have to mull over things for so long and be like is that really what I want to say you know (laughs) because uh every word is just really important to me because it's like I always I'm telling the truth you know and I'm Mm. always saying it um how I feel exactly do you know so Mm. um yeah (laughs) what is that creative process for you and what does it look like how does it start uh, with lyrics okay yeah um pretty much always with lyrics unless I'm um writing to a deadline and then I just like there's been a couple of times where I've just been like okay these chords are fine let's find some words yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I don't do that unless I have to um yeah I mean I've always been a big fan of poetry as well so I think um and when I listen to music the words are what will draw me toward towards a piece of music you know mm. so I always kind of feel like that has to be the bones of the song before you can build everything else around it yeah um so yeah I suppose it kind of starts as some kind of poem but 
you'd have in your mind like oh this could be for the chorus or whatever and then melody next and then mm. find the chords that suit the melody I mm. suppose yeah. yeah it's it, it I always when I ask people this question it always people, musicians make it sound like so easy like it just comes to them but I'm sure it's actually an incredibly stressful oh. process well I don't know if it's stressful unless you have a deadline mm. which it can be a bit but like for college but luckily I don't have that anymore mm. but um for me like I don't write that often mm. I find it hard to kind of um like I can't really just write on demand do you know mm. so I it'll take a while for something to be cooking, you know, mm. <laughs> in my head. And I'll be writing bits on my phone and then adding it or a few weeks later I might change the line around a bit and then then when I'm happy with it I'll I'll begin the kind of musical side of it. But mm. yeah, it definitely takes a while. Like it's it's takes a lot of a lot of mulling over. <laughs> when you say like you when you have to like cooking or or mulling over, are you um is that just in your head or have you got that written down somewhere um, and you're kind of analysing, as you said, analysing each word? Um, mm. And I guess the second part of that question, is it, is it in terms of mulling over, are you mulling over what you say is the, the truth behind the words or is it the mm. how it, the words fit with a melody or um, everything, I guess? I suppose it's like the best way to phrase it. So like okay. the sentiment will stay the same but it's like placing of the words are like you know the way you can kind of form a sentence or you can like shuffle it around so that some of the words are earlier on in the sentence or um i don't know choosing the kind of small words that connect it all together as well um and yeah like i do write it out on my phone and then i might kind of be thinking about it for the next two days but then I kind of leave it out of my thoughts for mm. a while so then when I read it again it's like with kind of fresh eyes mm. and I might not have remembered what I said and I'd be like oh no, that's weird I definitely have to change it to this mm. you know whereas the first time I'll have things in brackets or like suggestions of like maybe it'll be with slash you mm. know beside slash whatever and then mm. when I read it again I'll be like oh no it has to be this word you know I'll mm. know for sure so, yeah. so a song starts then with a sentiment Mm. okay yeah um that's interesting because at the end of the day like any any music really is communicating something right yeah. but um you know sometimes uh, i or other people we find it difficult to communicate with words right mm -hmm. you know you might come home from a day after work and it's hard to explain why you're in a bad mood or <laughs> you know it's hard you have that feeling there but yeah you know that it's just not going to be able to you're not going to be able to communicate that with someone else. So uh, that's, and that's like speaking with words, which we're all pretty decent at. Um, but then I guess trans you, what you're doing is translating a sentiment into music um, yeah. and making sure that the sentiment is still there through the music. Yeah. And yeah. That, that can be hard sometimes because especially like, cause I write over such a long period of time like the sentiment can kind of change as you go along, mm. which can be good because the song has a bit of a journey or it can be bad because I'm like, what am I even talking about anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. So yeah, it can be like detrimental sometimes, mm. but yeah, um, definitely it starts with like the emotion. And you know, a lot of the times I have this feeling and I, I can't put it into words, but I start writing like keywords or, you know, um, just thoughts or like feelings and stuff mm. about the mood and then I come back to it and then it kind of evokes it up again and maybe it takes a bit more form yeah but yeah it's really slow <laughs> yeah well, I, I guess that's you're kind of doing quality control really along the way <laughs> I guess yeah mm. I, I'd like to think so usually when I finish a song if it's the right kind of style then I'll perform it you know and I'll I'll continue to perform it because mm. sometimes songs you're like they get left behind because mm. you don't if you're not feeling it but generally I've vetted the song so much that I'm like by the time I'm finished with it I'm like okay I'm I, I'm happy you know good yeah mm. how is um life in in general being an artist here in Dublin and in Ireland uh, do you find it like a kind of constant battle 
um, or a supportive environment. Like I've gotten to know like some people in your community and mm -hmm. they're all such lovely people. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think there seems to be that nice supporting community there. Definitely. Um, but what's maybe the reality of it like? Um, that's a tough one because like, like you say, Dublin is a great place for art because of the people, like the communities that you were talking about. And, you know, I feel very fulfilled with that, you know. Um, but I suppose Dublin is also very expensive. Mm. <laughs> and it can be like, I mean, I work as a music teacher as well. Mm. Um, and so... I, like I'd love to be able to just kind of focus on on my own um sort of musical career but I mean that's not really viable because like there's the cost of living crisis <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh yeah rent to be paid and all that but um but I'm lucky because I do that job and I love that job as well mm. do you know great so um I'm really glad to be in in a musical arena like um, at both at both in, sides like a creative one and then also like teaching is yeah it's really it's fulfilling as well you know so I'm lucky I saw a, a, a phrase uh, during the week and it's something like those who can do those who can't teach <laughs> yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I've heard that one before <laughs> on that one? <laughs> bit of a kick in the teeth <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I have heard that one yeah I, I mean, I disagree with it 100%. <laughs> um, but it's a very different thing, right? When you're trying to teach something versus actually doing something. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's a whole other skill being able to explain something rather mm. than just do it yourself. Yeah. Because um, you could practice playing the guitar for, you know, 10 years and you'd be great. But then if you try to explain it to someone who's never picked up a guitar before you know it can be like oh why don't you not understand all these things that i understand mm, so it's yeah. it's hard to um for sometimes to transfer but uh i feel like i have a I have a grasp of it very good yeah yeah is that in dublin that you do that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, very nice mm -hmm. um yeah i think that's it's nice that you don't have to step completely out of your mm. passion uh, yeah for for whatever you're doing like it's Definitely. not something like you're doing a job that you absolutely hate but um, if it can tide you over and mm -hmm. like allow you to work on your own stuff as well then yeah definitely that's that's quite cool yeah and yeah. I work in the afternoon so I kind of have my mornings to you know do all my admin yeah <laughs> and uh life life jobs that yeah. need to be taken yeah. care of they're important too believe it or not yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately yeah uh, the last time I saw you um, you were playing a gig in um Oh my God, the Workman's Club. Um, you were supporting Luke on the night. Yeah. Um, but incredible performance. Really, really enjoyed your performance. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was a great night in, in general. Oh, uh, absolutely. Packed place. Um, I'm sure it must have been nerve wracking uh, as well. I mean, I don't know if you get nervous if you're one of these people who gets I nervous. I don't. <laughs> like you're so uh, lucky. <laughs> a tiny, a tiny bit. Like a little bit of like, oh, here we go. You know, kind of excitement. You know. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely had my time of being nervous for, like, you know, I have been performing in front of people for um, all through my childhood and stuff as well, you know, just in school, like, be asked to sing something or, you know, in a choir or, mm. um, and so I had a long period of time where I couldn't do anything without making a, a mistake, but for some reason I, I kept doing it. Mm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think I'm, I'm kind you of... You just loved it. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Mm. I remember, um, actually, my mom said to me, like, in the last couple of years, she was like, I used to drive you into these open mics, and sometimes I'd be, like, crying on in the car on the way in, or crying afterwards because I'd have felt like I did really bad and I was really embarrassed, you know? Mm. And my mom would be like, oh, God, you know, maybe this, maybe she doesn't like this. And every Sunday I'd be like, Mom, will you drive me back and go wow. again? <laughs> And she was like, I don't understand why you like want to keep putting yourself through this. But there was obviously something that made me. Uh... But what was it? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Sucker for punishment, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. I, um, 
I think I just wanted, I th- maybe had a bit of a point to prove. <laughs> mm. If I made a mistake, you know, I just wanted to get better. Mm. Um, and when it did go right, you know, it, it feels great. So maybe that's what kept me going. Mm. Uh, yeah, I love performing. It's still my favorite aspect of, of mm. the, the whole job, you know. Well, they say success, isn't it? Like the like principal ingredient to success is failure. Mm. Um, and that's like, it's just such a big thing that people... Um, I mean, there is people talking about it and focusing on it these days, but I, I just think our whole relationship with, with that concept is really weird. Like, mm-hmm. if you think of, like, say, success and then failure literally being an ingredient for that. So yeah. it's not it's not that you can't, you can't avoid it or you shouldn't even try to avoid it because yeah. it is a crucial so sure, ingredient yeah. for, for being uh, whatever success might be for you. I know it's different for everybody, but... Um, that is, I think, and if you're able to deal with the setbacks or the failures in a very productive way, as you mm-hmm. said, how can I get better? Yeah. Then that is a very, like, it's such an important skill that maybe you just have. Um, I'm not sure you can be really mm-hmm. taught that. You can be told it. I mean, yeah. I'm saying these words right now, but I'm sure if I have a failure during the week, I'm going to take it really badly yeah. and I'm not going to go, oh, this is an ingredient for a, you know, I'll be like in a really bad way, yeah. in a bad mood or whatever. Um, but those people who, like yourself, I guess, who can mm, translate that into something mm, productive, how can I get better? Yeah. It just serves people so well, I think. I don't know if I'm like, <laughs> I'm just not sure if I'm actually good at that. <laughs> you know, sometimes I um I can have a setback and like it really does get to me, you know, mm. and sometimes it, I need like other people around me to be like that really doesn't matter because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, everything is still going really well and you're doing great, you know. Whereas like I could definitely be that person who's like, ah, this is a disaster, you know. Mm. So I wouldn't say that I, I have that in spades. Mm. <laughs> but um yeah, maybe to some degree, I suppose. Yeah. Or at least I'm I'm maybe able to absorb those um positive kind of rein- reinforcement from my surroundings mm. and you know, mm. that likes of Luke telling me that I'm I'll be alright. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Good old Luke. Um <laughs> A couple of my, uh, or well, I, I don't know if it's my favourite song of yours, but it's definitely one of my favourite songs of yours is um, Pass Me By. Oh. Um, and I like that um, line where, you know, they say if it's mm-hmm. if it's for you, it won't pass you by. Yeah. Um, to what extent do you actually believe that? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tricky question. Yeah. Um, I don't really know is the answer. Um, it's just kind of like it's in there because it's one of those things that's like, it's like a comforter, you mm. know, it's a, it's something that's said so you can keep your head up and keep going and mm. um, focus on the positive things. And I think mm. that's really valuable, mm-hmm. even like whether you believe it or not, I think, you know, it's still valuable to be said mm. if that makes sense yeah of course um now whether it's true <laughs> um that's it's tricky to say i mean yeah i'm trying even trying to think from my own life if you know if to a certain extent i guess it depends it's like you said if you, if you have the glasses on that you if you if you're wearing that frame mm-hmm. where you think ah oh, yes what you know if it's for you it won't pass you by and that's not the correct phrase but you know something yeah. along those yeah. lines um <laughs> you can look back very quickly and easily and you know like for me like oh me and monica you know like it was you know we but like it it was that anything to do with that phrase or not it's yeah probably not but at the same time I don't know at the same time perhaps there is yeah. some truth to it mm-hmm. um, hard to know I think in the past I've always been kind of you know uh, quick to shut down those kind of ideas of like oh uh, you know that's 
I'd look at that phrase and I'd be like, oh, that's just kind of some kind of nonsense to make you feel better, but it's it's not really true. Actually, that thing that passed me by would have been great. And, mm. um, you know, I just, let's say I didn't get that opportunity because I wasn't good enough. And, mm. you know, try and just be realistic about it and be like, okay, well, if I didn't get that opportunity, then how can I improve or whatever? Mm. Do you know? Um, but... Uh, I think like these days I'm kind of relaxing more into those kind of ideas a bit slowly (laughs) Um, because yeah I don't really believe that like everything happens for a reason Um, but that's another thing that kind of gives people some comfort as well Mm. and they're very similar in Mm. a way yeah and so I'm like I don't know where I sit with that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think with a lot of these things, it's my question would be, why do we have to sit anywhere? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's also true. Um, like my feeling is, yeah, I kind of think of those sort of things as well. Like, you know, faith or destiny and on like, if it's meant to be and all of this mm. kind of stuff. And then, obviously if you have that type of perspective then everything is very much all out of your hands and not in your control and then you'll have other people who'll be like everything that you it's up to you to create everything in your life like you control it all and yeah perhaps it's a balance yeah like and that would make sense to me actually you know we're in an Mm -hmm. environment a specific environment that here we are you know let's say dublin Mm -hmm. um and we didn't necessarily decide to be here it happened for whatever reason yeah. uh, maybe a nice bottle of wine but <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, here we are and but then there's that said environment and now here we it's up to us then to find our way through that in a way that uh, suits us like perhaps if we had grown up in I don't know bloody New York or mm or Calcutta yeah you know we we would be doing probably more than likely very different things absolutely yeah I do think like you're kind of uh, a product of your environment and your decisions you know it's Mm. kind of like a mixture of some things that you can control and some things that you can't and some just influences like family or friends or Mm. just general interests and Mm we're just a, a concoction of all these things really and that kind of forms you into the person that you are and shapes your personality and I suppose it kind of carves out your path for you a bit as well in that way you know? yeah who influences you um hmm I don't know there's too many <laughs> <laughs> um so musically I presume you mean um, yeah well whatever you want um I I'm a big fan of Hosier. Mm. Um especially like the kind of he obviously is like into his blues and rock and that kind of thing, but I love the folk side of his stuff. Yeah. Um obviously. Yeah. <laughs> folk is like my thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I think he's just a lyricist that I really admire. And like I was saying, it's it's kind of all about lyrics for me. Mm. And so those kind of folk tunes, they're so exposed and, and uncomplicated that it kind of just takes it all back to the words that he's saying. And I think that's what draws me to them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just has a way with words. Mm. Um, it's like very poetic. Mm. Yeah. Such an incredible voice as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. True. Mm. Um, I remember... Uh, Actually, before I started listening to Hosier, as as he is Hosier, mm-hmm. um, there's a video of probably you've probably seen it. Most people have probably seen it of him playing with uh, the choir, the, the Trinity Orchestra. Oh, the orchestra, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A Pink Floyd song, and you just could tell, like, okay, this guy's a bit different. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just it's the power of his voice. Yeah. Um, and the way he's able to carry it and, and that was like such a big room as well I mean mm-hmm. I wasn't there but um, just on YouTube you can watch it yeah I really recommend watching it actually it's really pretty spectacular yeah I know the one but yeah I haven't watched it in a while yeah um, 
So he's just a phenomenal artist and has had great success. Good for him. Yeah. 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 It's uh, good yeah. to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but there's like also, I, I don't know, if, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but sometimes when I'm listening to, to your music, it feels very Celtic. Yeah. Like, yeah it yeah. feels like I'm listening to an Irish artist, mm-hmm. um, which you cannot say about everybody uh, these days. So mm-hmm. um, how has that transpired I and mean, it's obviously something you've done consciously yeah um ooh, I don't really know where this came out of to be honest with you because that was never something that really seeped into my work up until um maybe in the last four years I'd say um and the first song that I wrote that was kind of like sort of traditional Irish music influenced um, I was doing a project for college about post-colonialism and so I um, had to write a song in that kind of it's very vague but I had to mm. somehow represent it or um, yeah we had to kind of write a rationale around it and talk about kind of cultural theories and stuff and so I wrote Mother and mm. then I just like I just loved it. I don't know. I, I kind of just really got into it and it was something that I just really wanted to lean into because I got more interested in those topics that I was doing that project on. And that was only second year and I carried those through into third year and, and into my thesis as well. And so um, I kind of was just influenced by some of like... I'm not that much of a history buff. I'm trying to get more into it and trying to know it better. But I just, just the whole kind of narrative around the Irish, um, like how Ireland evolved into the nation that it is from like kind of ancient history all the way up to, you know, the 20th century. Mm. And so um, music plays such a huge part in that, you know, because... Um, all these songs that like I was surrounded by all the time growing up and you know the type of ballads and stuff that people sing in the pub and everything and you didn't I didn't really know that it was getting in on me and like that I would be influenced by it and Mm. then suddenly I just found that I wanted to tap into all that Mm. and it was there all along you know but I kind of um yeah just wanted to to lean towards that idea Mm. Yeah. It must have been very interesting studying that kind of idea of post-colonialism. I don't really know that much about it, mm. if anything. Um, <laughs> but I guess studying just the evolution of culture even in Ireland yeah. and... Um, I don't know. It sounds fascinating. Yeah. It, um, yeah, so I had to pick an artist and then... Uh, so I picked Sinead O'Connor for my thesis and then you have to sort of look at her music through the lenses of you know these cultural theories so I did it with gender and post-colonialism mm. and something else that I can't remember oh yeah mm. um it was hegemony mm. yeah. <laughs> um and so it was um just interesting then to like delve into her music and be like okay so what what is it about this that is reflecting these themes, you know, and trying to kind of draw influence from that as well. Um, But yeah, I kind of got more into sort of understanding the long-term effects of colonialism and you see it in other places around the world as well and how like it changes the mentality and um, just gets into the psyche of the nation, you know. How do you think it changes the mentality? Um, I think it's like, you know, it's an oppression, you know, and Mm. it's, um, we always like talk about, um, like, oh, how do you explain it? (laughs) This is hard. (laughs) Um, but it kind of is the type of thing where like it's, it's in, the history and there's people who experienced it firsthand but then it re-emerges in the stories or in the like attitudes that are kind of passed on through 
generations in the same way that the songs and the and the stories are it's kind of um just the emotions behind it and mm. yeah and the same is kind of seen in the likes of the caribbean and india and that kind of thing as well do you mm. know um but redemption songs yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that song. It's an amazing song, but it does yeah. also feel like it, it's, yeah, it's got that same, like we were speaking about earlier on, a very similar sentiment to mm-hmm. what you might hear in music. Yeah. In some aspects of music in, in Ireland. Um, but a, apart from all of that, I just like the way it sounds. <laughs> I think it sounds cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and look, that's the most important thing at the end of the yeah. day. <laughs> you know. um, I don't know. It just feels like authentic and, and real and, true and sometimes it's lovely to hear that real Irish sounding music and mm-hmm. it's nice that we can still have that and that you as a, like an up and coming young artist are using that it's not something that we're just like throwing away yeah you know um, no I think it's important kind of to like to honour it in a way you know hmm. um, and I I went to see Damien Dempsey actually um, in January, he did a, a kind of theatre production in the Abbey Theatre. And I'd never gone to any of his shows before or really listened to his music that much. I kind of had heard it, but I was like, yeah, I don't really know if I get this. Mm. I don't really get the appeal. Yeah. But um, then just I watched, the, there's a, a film or a kind of documentary about him called Love Yourself Today. And then seeing that show and so much of like he kind of talks in between the songs and telling the story about it and he's always talking about you know the stories of his grandparents and like the the how certain places in Ireland were like you know holy places or in even in like the ancient times and everything mm-hmm. and he I don't know just kind of references mother nature and mm-hmm. like mother earth being kind of like you know, a life source and, um, I don't know, in that kind of way, like he, and the struggles due to colonialism and that kind of thing as well. And I don't know, it just made, made me feel kind of, um, it's just grounding in mm. a way. And I, I kind of suddenly was like, ah, I, I understand what he's talking about. Yeah. And I found it always really hard to, explain before like I mean my understanding of spirituality because you know I think Catholicism ruined it for me for a while Mm. um with my upbringing and everything but Mm. um uh I just think it's kind of interesting because he's obviously kind of quite a spiritual person and he found a way to kind of convey it but in a not very like wishy-washy way and I was like okay this is kind of something that I want feel like i should yeah try and express it as well yeah um, it's it's brilliant when you can meet people or hear people who can do that mm. um i spoke to a guy on the podcast recently called dermot and mm. he was just brilliant at you know at explaining that in a modern way yeah and i wish i could do it properly like, <laughs> no 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 like you, you, you can but you know like you're you're, you're brilliant at it but there's there's some people who do it in a very simple way, but it's yeah. very to complex topic and yeah, and also there's so much behind it, like you say, the Catholicism and when you enter any subject like this, it becomes a bit whoa, mm. you know, you have to be very <laughs> careful where you put your foot. Yes, um, because otherwise it can get lost or people stop listening or you know that kind of way, mm-hmm. and even when you spoke of places, um. Was it last year? I went on a little little cycling road trip with some friends, uh, just a day trip. We did um, the Ring of Barna, which is down mm-hmm. in, I think, am I saying that? Is it Ring of Barna? No, Ring of Bera. Oh, man, sorry for the people who are... <laughs> Ring of Bera, I think. Okay. Sorry. Whereabouts uh, is this? So it's um, the Cork-Kerry border. Okay. So um, we stayed in Kenmare in, in mm-hmm. Kerry, and then you cycle. It's quite a long, like, I think it was like 140k or something. So you enter Cork a little bit and then come back around. But um, close enough to Kenmare, there's a little stone circle that you can um, visit. Yeah. And we were there. The weather was stunning that day. Mm-hmm. 
and it was located in a place where you just have this incredible view of of this valley and you can see to your left you can see one lake and then another lake to your right but you can only kind of see them well from this specific point you can see the two of them okay and we were just you know it's one of those places where just we just stood there for a little bit like not really talking and there's something uniquely special about that place mm. um and perhaps these people who came a long time before us they were just so much less distracted and much more connected in some way to to something and when you go to a place like that you, there's something inside you that goes there's something here yeah but i just don't know what it is or you know then you have to go yeah. <laughs> you know you, know, I, you, you get a message and an email or something comes in and you're some like distraction yeah. yeah um i understand that feeling very well and it, again I'm, I'm like i couldn't really put it into words any better than you just have but it's like um sometimes i don't know it's like you just become aware of something and just feel um really present or something and I don't know I I love being outside and you know a lot of my songs as well and talking about nature and um but I don't know sometimes you just kind of feel I don't know this could be sound very (laughs) wishy-washy but um a sort of um power from like being connected with nature Mm. you know um, like you're looking at a big mountain and you're just kind of trying to get your head around how long it's been there and <laughs> how transient everything else is around it. You know, mm. the leaves that just arrive and disappear after, you know, their season and humans mm. in general are a single human who like is, mm. you know, has a lifespan and then they go. But the, the mountain is like always there to all of that. And Ever so, present, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of like puts things in perspective sometimes, yeah. I find. And it's very humbling. Yeah, I, yeah. Nature is, is, is good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes if I'm out or even in a different country or hiking somewhere and you, like, you see a lizard or something mm-hmm. and then I always try and like, I always but sometimes I picture that like lizard this is going to sound really weird right <laughs> I, I picture that lizard and the next time I get into a stressful situation hmm. I'm like I wonder what the lizard's doing <laughs> Do you know like I put myself back in the mountain with the yeah. lizard where the lizard's just like oh yeah another day just chilling just you know nothing or there's a bloody whale swimming around in the water and just try and picture that in your head where they're just you know yeah. basically I use it to try and get like a macro perspective mm. because obviously stress it makes everything it makes the little silly things seem important Absolutely. like I really have to text this back or I really have to you know oh that person is annoyed at me or whatever and mm. you're just like alright just <laughs> be the lizard for a second <laughs> yeah I think that's like honestly that's the best thing that's the best idea I've ever heard like it's just just taking yourself out of your own head and sort of being like okay there's other creatures that are just wandering around looking for their next insect to catch yeah. <laughs> you know just yeah. and what's funny for for me talking from my own um experience over the last little while i've just been so incredibly busy with stuff like and i haven't just it's just been uh, one task to next task one task to next task and sleep same yeah. again same again same again for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and you start to lose yourself a little bit mm. in many ways in terms of like I don't really care what I eat I'm not really exercising well yeah it, I you also go through the day on autopilot mm. you know and it was only last night that I had I rested for the first time in a while and today I'm like oh it you do that having a macro perspective gets very difficult when you're just going so busy from one thing to another absolutely um and it's funny how i think you know having that connection with nature and and those very beautiful things um it's also connected with rest 
Yeah. To a certain extent. And I think we massively, at least I, and I think we mm. massively undervalue rest. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's not not necessary it's like what, what's the difference you'd like everyone when they're resting you you, you're, you feel guilty right and yeah you go, the word lazy comes into your head mm. um and you're like what is the difference sometimes you're like am, am i being lazy or am i just resting yeah um i definitely always have that voice in my head was like you're not working hard enough you could be doing more mm. and then that can be a bit detrimental especially after a long period of time of doing that um i was like lately just really busy with releasing music and all the um extra work that comes around that that's kind of the hidden sort of tasks and um yeah even when i was going to sleep like i lost loads of sleep because i I couldn't i was like i could do something else i could i could do more you know or Mm. And even when I was lying in bed with the light off, my brain is still too active, you know, mm. and it just catches up on you, you know. Mm. And so I've made a really conscious effort for the last week or so to just be like, no, that can wait. Or it's not that important in the grand scheme of things. Because like you're saying, you get stuck on these details of like, oh, this video has to be posted at like 10.30 because that's the best time where they get the most yeah. views. And you're like, oh God, who cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, why Why does that matter? You know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's funny, I literally just posted something on Instagram and then I realized <laughs> nobody's on Instagram at the moment. That was stupid. Uh, <laughs> but like, I just forget all the time. So I'm sure, look, someone's yeah. going to see it anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, exactly. Why is that even important? Um, yeah. I, I think the last week or so I've 100% been a busy fool is what I would call myself you know mm-hmm. because that's what you do become because you're not really thinking like sensibly or yeah. able to think and even then from your perspective as an artist like you said earlier on you take your time yeah to to write things and I think that's a good thing okay. it can't be <laughs> like rushed you know it, it takes time you're not like just spinning something out but yeah do you sometimes wish that you could come up with music quicker um yeah (laughs) it would be handy (laughs) but at the same time i'm i am always very happy with my output Mm. that when i do create something that i'm i'm happy with it so i mean yeah i don't know i think now i have to switch my attention from this kind of administrative side of it with like the organizing, the recording, you know, getting all the tracks ready and releasing it, promoting all that kind of thing. And I want to go back to focus on writing because I've just not been able to give myself the mental space to do that in so long. And I find that I'm just, I miss it, you know? Mm. And it's the reason why I started all that in the first place Mm. was because I wrote songs and I wanted people to hear them. So, yeah, I think it will be a nice kind of bit of a re- relief and a release as well to just um, take it back to, to, to why, why, why I'm doing this. You yeah. know? Work on that for a while. Change the focus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you think, um, there's something that came into my head during the week you know, if you're starting a business, like you can't start a business until you have a customer to sell something to. And, you know, in order to have a customer, they have to know about you in some way, shape or form. So like an old fashioned way of that would be, I want to sell some bread, make some bread, sell it, but I'll have to open up a shop in the middle of the town so that people know Mm -hmm. that I'm making and selling bread because people walk by my shop. Yeah. You know, um, or I'd stick it out in the newspaper, the one newspaper that everybody reads. <laughs> um, and likewise with, you know, in the past, obviously businesses are very different these days because mm-hmm. you might have just purely online businesses and they're marketing through social media, etc. Mm-hmm. In the past, I guess, musicians found their, like, air quotes, market yeah. in, in a very audience in a very different way and mm-hmm. um, maybe more people were out and about or there was one 
magazine, maybe Hot Press or mm-hmm. where people discovered music, then they went into HMV or Golden Discs and the new music would be there, that they'd have like the section of new Irish music or whatever yeah. it might be. Then obviously there's the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, my very convoluted way of asking this question is, <laughs> we live in a very different world now. Mm-hmm. And I think like social media and digital ways of connecting with people mm. is probably quite important. Oh yeah. But I also see it as just the polar opposite of true creativity, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> how do you balance that? Uh, with difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> In some ways, I kind of like that side of it, but... I sort of wish that I didn't have to do everything at the same time. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, social media promotion is a job in itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, Massively so. But I'm, I must say I am interested in the sort of aesthetic side of things, you know. Um, and so I enjoy, you know, I, I did a photo shoot um, during, at the end of last summer, and like most of the songs weren't recorded, but like I already had in my mind how they were all going to sound. And then wow. I already had in my head like the pictures that I would want to match the sound. Right. And so then I could like say that to the photographer and like we could kind of, we're a good team and we, we kind of made it Brilliant. into a reality. And so sometimes when it comes to it, you know, putting those um pictures up on Instagram, let's say, is like... It's it's easy because the idea is already formed. Um, but then the actual task of like, okay, this image is the wrong size, so I have to convert it or put it into something that will, you know, so that I can crop it and then, I don't know, write the words that I want on the image. Or, and then suddenly it gets very like technical and... Mm. that kind of thing so I like again kind of the ideas but putting it into real life is kind of a little bit trickier Mm. um but it could be fun like I was saying if it wasn't like oh I have to get this done before the morning and you know yes all the pressure that comes with it but um yeah I don't know if that answers your question it's kind of I mean I I do I could possibly enjoy that and like because it is creative in a way as well but it's just not really the creativity that I set out to start doing Mm. when I um when I was doing this I just I I guess also it's like what I mean by it's not creative is you know there's like these tricks or whatever you can do to not to be favored by an algorithm oh yeah you know it might even be like make a reel instead of a post or yeah or whatever the latest thing is, like whatever, mm-hmm. doing a dance on TikTok or something like that. <laughs> or wasn't there, I, I actually stopped using TikTok, but uh, there was that thing where the people were just like going in a boat. Did you see that one? It was like, <laughs> no. or random, like stupid videos of, you know, people saying that they were like the new social media manager for bloody walmart or something like that and okay. they just put like this giant cat dancing around and they're like haha my boss is gonna love this and but like it would get millions and millions of views just yeah. because whatever it is is it's popular connecting to it or it's popular in, in yeah. a particular moment mm-hmm. and to me that is like that's actually not creative in any way shape or form so yeah. i guess there's that side of it where you know there's this if you're really wanting to play a social media game mm-hmm which would be to like let's say um get you know thousands of followers quickly or you know that's hard to do in and also be true to what your art is yeah no you're definitely right and i do like um the videos are kind of the trickiest thing for me to make because um i don't know i feel like they're a little bit more work and i I'm usually kind of perfectionist about stuff as well. Mm. So I'm like, if I make a video of me singing, let's say I'm like, oh, that note isn't quite right or it doesn't, it looks funny or something. And then I'll be like, oh, I just won't do it at all, you know? <laughs> so um, it's definitely hard to get, like to finish something that you're happy with. Um, but 
But the other thing is like following all these trends and the algorithms and everything is just so tiring because like mm. it changes all the time it's like they're moving yeah. the goalpost you know so yeah. and you never know what's going to work and what's not especially even like across different platforms because like i put a video up on instagram and i think maybe it got like two thousand views or something and then i put the same video on tiktok and it got like 70 views or something yeah and you're just like how does that make any sense yeah and it would go the opposite way around as well where something would do great on tiktok and, and terrible on instagram mm. and so you're just like well, that kind of taught me, though, that <clears throat> there's no right answer. There's not one thing people are looking for. It's just, you you know, it's like that phrase, throw something at the wall and see what sticks, you know. Oh, <laughs> just keep putting stuff up. And, just and keep like... throwing stuff at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> see what happens. That's, that's, that's probably the best advice that you can say. <laughs> yeah. Just keep throwing stuff at the wall. And... But it's hit and miss, you know. Yeah, as like a guy, a comedian that we had on the podcast before, Robbie was like, listen, you just make, make, make. And mm. that was his like whole philosophy. It's just doesn't matter if it's good or it's bad. Just keep yeah. bloody making stuff. That's really important. Uh, yeah. Um, I wish I was better at doing that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I think that when when the busyness kicks in, that becomes difficult because you get tired. It's like mm. some people are just so good at it. And I really yeah. uh, I admire them, like how they can be like creating and doing things even when they seem to be like knackered and yeah um it's just very impressive mm-hmm. when like when can we see you next or what do you have any upcoming important dates that you want to let people know yeah um just well i don't know when this will be released but this week pretty soon okay good <laughs> um because on thursday which is 25th mm-hmm. um myself and luke clerken are um co-headlining in Little Whelan's mm-hmm. and so um amazing yeah. so that's what a Thursday venue. evening yeah it's great it's really mm. nice it's um quite intimate so um we kind of both are just performing like stripped back kind of sets you know just individually and just by ourselves um and we'll sing together a little bit too mm-hmm. but no kind of band or big kind of sound because it just like wouldn't really suit the venue you know it's yeah. like you want that kind of intimate feeling yeah um 100 yeah and then we're also playing in tullamore the next day on mm-hmm. friday the 26th mm-hmm. and then kilkenny on the 27th wow busy busy few days yeah so mm. a run of a run of gigs a little mini tour yeah <laughs> um this will probably come out on monday so that'll be great mm. um, okay lovely. people uh, will we'll get to know about that um, I'm away uh, next week so unfortunately I won't get to be there but um, Stress. yeah um, I'm sure it'll be a, a really nice gig um, nice environment nice way to spend a Thursday I imagine yeah. and for people in, in Tullamore and, and Kilkenny as well obviously <laughs> but um, for the Dubliners who are listening mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure that would be a, a lovely a lovely night I'm uh, looking forward to it yeah it's, yeah. it's going to be special I think yeah yeah um, is it you performing first, Luke performing first? You guys kind of swap roles a little bit? Uh, yeah, we're going to switch around. So Good. we do have a special guest uh, who's opening. Uh, so that's Kez. Mm. And then uh, I'm going to perform next. And then Luke uh, is going to headline because mm. um, in Dublin, Luke's, Luke's hometown, he's going to headline there. And then in Kilkenny, um, it's my hometown, so yeah, your home turf. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> then, uh, we guess we'll just flip a coin for Tullamore. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. See what happens. Yeah. Um, Breed, it's been really enjoyable chatting to you. We've uh, talked about lots of totally random things. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> thanks. For um, me. yeah, it's and thanks for everybody for listening. Really, really appreciate it. As I said, I guess the looking as I said to you earlier on, the numbers are are great and overwhelming at times, but. Um, it doesn't feel real so please do feel kind of like reach out and mm, say that you what you think where you enjoy it or any feedback would be really really appreciated um, just to make it seem that little bit more like we're actually having interaction with people in the yeah. podcast um, this will also be coming out probably at like six o'clock on on Monday morning so if you are listening to it we have a live podcast tonight this is weird saying this in a future way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, tonight in the Black Sheep, half seven. So that should be fun. And yeah, thanks, Mill, for listening. Thanks, Breed. Thank you very much.
would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.